Welcome to Hour of Devastation, the weekly Magic of the Cavern podcast where we talk all things Magic of the Cavern. I'm your host, Joe Loudon, and with me as always is Sam Neill. Hiya. How are you doing this week, Sam? I'm doing pretty well, thanks. Good, good. Yeah, I've uh, got the week off work, which is always nice. Nice. I have nothing planned to do, which is also kind of nice. <laughs> Best kind of weeks. Yeah, so I'm just going to sit in my flat doing basically nothing important. Uh, yeah, I'm just, just, I'm doing fine. <laughs> Everything's Good. fine. I have no specific complaints this week, so that's nice. Good. It's good. Nice a, a nice change, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean I I get to play FNM this week, I guess. It's cool. Hey. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. I've actually play magic for you know, once every four months. <laughs> so that's nice. Yeah, I'm doing good. How are you? Yeah, I'm I'm fine. Um I guess it's been a it's been a couple of weeks at this point since we last did an episode. I feel like we tend to fall in this pattern a bit around this time of the year but we should be back on top track now um what what have i done what have i done i i went to a cinema for the first time since 2019 so that was a, uh-huh. an experience i think you're now leaving the house more than i am <laughs> quite probably yeah yeah i saw a, a double bill of evangelion death and end of evangelion and that was an experience it was amazing but also kind of horrifying but uh, yeah absolutely fantastic uh i don't know I'm just lifting weights as well. That's the thing I'm doing. Yeah, selling magic cards and buying weights. That's, that's, that's my life at the moment. <laughs> that's a hell of a brag. <laughs> yeah, live that himbo life. <laughs> yeah, you get there. Yeah. The problem is, I, I think you you think too much to to profit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. Active. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm good. I'm good. I think like, despite everything. Yeah. I'm pretty good. Pretty good. Good news. Yeah, how has your your weekend magic been? Have you, you played much? Uh, no. <laughs> no, you still been running F and M's and stuff. Yeah, I just I run every event that I could possibly play in, and I mean there are other events I could go to at weekends, um, but none of those stores have mask mandates, and I don't yeah. want to go there. <laughs> so, Sounds like a good decision to me. Yeah, I'd, I'd go to events if like masks were mandatory and like there was some kind of vaccine mandate and stuff, but no. So no. <laughs> I'm not going to go out and play Magic and, uh, until I feel personally safe enough to go. And I'm yeah. happy with the with the, you know, the F&M's stuff that I run. So Yeah, that's it. It's, it's risk assessment still, isn't it? And I, I think I'm, although I have been going out and about a bit more, I think I'm, I'm definitely very much still in that. Like, if I have to go somewhere for work or something, I kind of have no choice, then yeah, sure, I'll do that. Uh, and yeah, that... Evangelion in the cinema. I figured there's not going to be many people leaving the house to go and watch Neon Genesis Evangelion in the cinema. Yeah, and true. when will I ever get a chance to do it again? So I was willing to take the risk on that one, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I think cinemas are one of I know the places fine. that I'd be okay with going. Yeah. Because yeah. you don't have to be near anyone. And I'd only going to come see the kind of films that not a lot of people would be seeing. Yeah, it's not like I'm going to go see like blockbuster films the day they come out, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go see the old films. Um, that like a very small number of people would go to a cinema to see, so like yeah. I'm, I'm fine with going to that kind of place. I think. Yeah, yeah, same, same. It was good. It was good. However, main topic this week, uh, there was there was a big, big, big crowded magic event on, right? Yeah, I mean, we're talking about you know not feeling safe or anything. Um, going to magic tournaments. It seems like this one. I mean, <laughs> I guess we'll see in the coming days if it was a super spreader event. Um, but it seemed like it was really well run from a COVID point of view, and I am yeah, extremely definitely. jealous and probably 
would have gone if I could afford to go to Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah, it was it so the weekend just gone? We had Magic Las Vegas, which was not an official, not officially supported by Wizards of the Coast, like Magic Fest style event uh, run by Channel Fireball. Uh, I saw lots of pictures and videos from people at the event, and, and honestly, it looked fantastic. Like everybody was wearing masks, and all the photos that I saw, people were like. Yep genuinely kind of sort of courteous to each other there were like tables were spaced out properly and yeah. everybody just looked like they had enough room and yeah, I mean COVID or not I think like maybe that's the way Magic Fest should be anyway now just not being near any other Magic players yeah, sounds pretty just, good. yeah just, just not being crammed into a, into a space like spread the tables out, spread the people out yeah for sure yeah, it, it, it looks, looks great. It looks great. There's like just photo upon photo of a sea of a th- like thousands of people, all of them wearing masks. Yeah. Which, when you live in uh, England, is uh, quite the sight. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, surprising <laughs> to see people adhering to that. I mean, I guess like you have to do that, otherwise you get kicked out of the event. Is what I'm, I'm yeah. seeing. And judges were like working really hard to enforce people keeping masks on and stuff. There's a vaccine mandate, and I th- or or you have to have a negative test. Which I guess can be falsified, um, but you can only do so much. But yeah, look, it was a really responsibly run event. It seemed like a great event, and I think, to be fair, people were happy to be at any reasonably large size event at this point. Yeah, definitely. But I'm definitely. Very jealous no, it looked it good. Me too, to be honest. I think it looked like a fantastic event. Uh, we've got quite a bit to talk about it, but before that, there was a. There was another secret lair. Uh, two or eight. Yeah, because, you know, it was a Tuesday, so it's secret yeah. lair time. <laughs> uh, we got a fair few. Some of them are kind of cool, and they're kind of innovative ideas. Some of them are just your, your basic sort of secret lairs that we've seen over and over again. Um, yeah. So we got the the second secret anniversary bundle, or secret anniversary drop, which is the second anniversary, second anniversary secret lairs already. Second anniversary of Secret Lairs, we got a, a whole bunch of different ones in there, which we will go into a bit. And then we also got the Secret Lair X Mischief um, crossover Secret Lair product thing, which I I bought a copy because it looks incredible. Um, Mischief are one of those like weird kind of like beast brands that just do stuff. Yeah. Like <laughs> like most notably recently, they they bought an original Andy Warhol sketch and made. 99 identical forgeries and then sold each each one of them off for $250 so there was only 100 of them available one of them was a real Warhol and there were 99 forgeries you could pay $250 and there's a 1 100 chance you got a real Andy Warhol like yeah that's the kind of thing they do and I mean we live in the the world of NFTs now so I imagine someone has ascribed some kind of ridiculous value over $250 to each of the forgeries as well yeah quite probably I mean yeah I assume all those forgeries are worth at least $250 now anyway and then obviously an original Warhol is going to be loads more than that but because that that even happened then yeah sure the value there'll be value there based on that alone I don't know money's weird collectibles are weird mm-hmm. <laughs> capitalism and yeah I was a mistake <laughs> oh fully agree fully agree but yeah I purchased one of these secret layers because it was like 40 quid and you got like Blood Moon, which looks really nice. All of the card treatments are really nice. Like all of the art are really cool. They don't look anything like magic cards at all. Uh, there's a really nice sort of foil, like gold foil Blood Moon. That's like a silver foil Grim Tutor. A bunch of other cool cards. Planes, which peels off, and it's like a 
was it Battlefield Forge underneath it? Battlefield like, Forge, yeah. Yeah. Truly, truly bizarre. But, like, it's a really cool, unique product. I don't really think there's been any of the other drops like it at all. And uh, I almost almost spent £200 on a single Grim Tutor years ago anyway, so if I could even get one for 40 that's fine, right? Yeah, I mean, go back in time to me complaining about the Walking Dead secret lair and tell me that there's, there's a secret lair which is like a picture of a golf course that peels off to re- reveal a battlefield forge. And I yeah. probably would have just shut up <laughs> on the spot. This is a ridiculous thing to do. And it's, this is the world yeah. we live in now. This is Magic the Gathering now, so... <laughs> yeah. you got to get yep. used to it, right? It's the most ridiculous one they've done, I figured. Ah, let's just do it. Let's just do it. Yeah, for sure. And then we've got the the secret anniversary drop, which is a bunch of different drops. Um, more sort of traditional secret lair style stuff. So we've got a, a bunch of basic lands. So they're called the Dracula lands. Um, obviously themed to go alongside Crimson Bow. Uh, they've it's the five basic lands, and then there's like a figure from the from the Dracula story, sort of centered in each of those to tell a bit of a story across the cards. Uh, they have Welcome to Castle Dracula, which is the the Dracula style from Crimson Vow across a couple of other different cards so you've got like Phyrexian Tower, Exquisite Blood and Night's Whisper all in the Dracula style mm-hmm. uh, you also have Fibblethip completely utterly to- uh, totally lost which is uh, I talked about this didn't I didn't I mention this at some point in a, pre- in a recent episode where like they take uh, jokes and just do them way too far so it's no longer funny or cute yeah yeah, like, yeah. the whole 13 thing and I think Fib- Fibblethip's a, a good example of that Prime example of that, definitely. So yeah, we have a borderless Shellbuck Isle, borderless Intruder Alarm, borderless Frantic Search, bordering Well of Lost Dreams, and borderless Path to Exile. Yep. Uh, and you can put them all together, and they do a big picture, and it's like a like a Where's Waldo or Where's Wally if you're not American. And there's a there's a football tip in each one of them. Yeah. And it doesn't look anything like a magic card. Like. I think it's kind of, I think it's kind of cool. It's a cool way to do it. I think they are very much beating a dead horse with the Fibblethip thing. Where like, yeah, it was like, oh, I have these t- totally lost. Oh, he's, he's cute. That's adorable. And then, ooh, he's in the he's he's in the March of the Multitudes art as a little tiny guy. That's cute. Oh, he's on top of the Border statue. Oh, as an actual card. That's no longer fun. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think this, these would have been cooler if these had been like, like art prints that you could win at War of the Spark pre-release. Or War of the Spark War like store championship or something. I think that would have been cooler than yeah. I just the art cool. on a card. Like the art's cool and it, it's a cool. I guess it's a cool idea. It's just like yeah, you're right. Like they've <laughs> they, they, they've beaten the dead horse to death. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just. I mean, I like really one. busy artwork, and I think it, it, I I think personally it looks cool on Magic cards. But I can see why people wouldn't. And they yeah, they look like like I say they don't look like Magic cards, and they're not. When you do a magic card that's not intended to look like a magic card that doesn't look like a magic card, it kind of it works. But when it's yeah. just like we're still gonna do it in like this kind of frame and present it like it's a card and part of a set, and then it just looks like too much. But I think it's a cool idea. I just kind of bored of the fibblethip thing because yeah. we all thought that was cool like six years ago, and I guess wizards are only just catching on to it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah, like the whole thirteen thing. Just it was funny like twice. Maybe stop. Yeah. <laughs> Next up, then we have Far Out Man, because there has to be one of a strange name, you know, a funny name. This is uh, this is Blue Spells by uh, Matthias Manahani. Uh, we have Aethergust, Counterspell, Fabricate, Factor Fiction, and Mystical Tutor. 
So Mystical Tree is the reason that one's worth money. Yeah. I guess Fabricate's pretty cool as well. Fabricate hasn't seen a reprint, a proper reprint in a while. Yeah, and Counter Spell. It's always cool to have another Counter Spell art. Uh, I believe this is 14 Counter Spell arts now, or 15. Sure. More than we need. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, these look pretty cool. I, I kind of dislike when these ones have like an Aethergust style card in them. Yeah. That's like never worth any money and is like a very specific sideboard slot, but. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's cool, I guess. Yeah. We got Crocodile Jackson's Monstrous Menagerie, which is a bunch of. Uh, a bunch of creatures that you can play in Commander that have got a really cool, like. Kind of like comic book style, like new new wave comic book style art on them, and like they're cool. They're really cool to look at as bits of art, which is what I feel like about most secret layers. To be honest, like a bit kind of weird and jarring to look at as magic cards, but really cool bits of art. That ravenous chupacabra especially is is fantastic. I think. Yeah, I just I don't know. I've kind of made my peace with magic cards looking like <laughs> yeah. anything that they want now. And yeah. If you like the way they look, buy them. If you don't, then shut up. No one cares. As someone who used to not shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Shutting up is a lot easier. (laughs) Uh, Then we have uh, Secret Lair X Arcane, uh, which is a bunch of cards. uh, They've taken art from the Arcane League of Legends uh, Netflix show. And we've got Path to Exile, Rustic Study, Duress, Seize the Day, Crows and Grip, Counterflux, and Thran Dynamo. Yeah, it's... uh... I think it's cool. I don't know. Everyone like really got their backs up about this one. Um, and I mean, I started watching the show. Ah, it's good. It's a good show. I'm, yeah, I'm I not a League have of not player. seen the show. I am aware of the names and vague appearances of some of the champions in League of Legends, and it doesn't matter. It's just a cool show that I've enjoyed watching, and I like that the, these cards are just sort of stills from the show. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, that's the when I was watching. I was like, oh, that's the Rustic Study. Oh, that's the that's Path Tax Art. That's the exact scene. That's cool. That's my engagement with the secret. Layer. <laughs> the show's good. <laughs> I would recommend watching the show to anyone, regardless of whether you know League of Legends or not. I have enjoyed yeah. watching it very, very much. I think I might check it out. I've heard good things from from a lot of people. Um, it's I have good nice taste. Right? Nice have a, yeah, <laughs> yeah, oh, definitely, definitely for some things, definitely. It's uh, it's just nice to have a Rustic Study with with some new art. It's good. Yeah, it's nice to have a widely available, well, as widely available secret as are, a widely available uh, copy of Rustic Study that doesn't feature the uh, art of a deranged moron. Yeah, you know. Yeah, fully agree. As much as I love fully the, the uh, Polscott Canavan Judge promo, uh, those are very expensive. <laughs> so yeah, this one will hopefully like be a lot cheaper, and I also won't have to look at Therese Nielsen's fucking art anymore. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's cool. Like you know, they're doing something with a promo, and I mean, there's a whole stuff about Riot Games that I've learned recently, which makes me feel bad about playing Riot Games. Um, yeah. And watching Arcane, but it's a good show that has very little to do with Riot Games outside of a license. Yeah. And it's genuinely yeah, that, a really good show that I have enjoyed watching. It's like not just a gimmick. It's like a very good show that just happens to feature some characters that are in League of Legends. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is a cool one. I'm, I'm fine with this one. And it's just like, it's the, 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 some of them are like the Godzilla style thing where they call it something else, but it's got the name of the card underneath. Um, some of the card choices are a little strange. Like, I don't know who's playing Counterflux. <laughs> um, but I mean, it fits with the, the part of the show that that's from. So 
Yeah. It's a cool one. I, That's I'm, cool. I have the least qualms with this one, I think. Cool. I think the one that I have the least qualms with, and the one that I'm, I might I might even buy, is the, uh, the next one, which we have is the Pixel Snowlands. Uh, so we've got some new Snowlands, new Snow Basics again, and these are done in like a really, really nice pixel art style. Uh, they also have like a like a it Windows window on them as well, where you've got like the minimize, maximize, and, and close icons as well on the top right, which is a bit of a strange choice, I think. Uh, but I think the art on these are amazing. Big fan of this, this pixel art design. Yeah, I think they're incredible. Like I've always been a big fan of pixel art and like this kind of you know Windows ninety five aesthetic. Yeah, uh, I think it's really cool. It's it's weird like watching people like uh, Sheepwave doing like this almost exact thing for like yeah, literally this yeah <laughs> for, for years and executing it incredibly <clears throat> and i guess you know it's under the fan content policy so um yeah i mean it's, it's like it's like what we saw the, the last drop with like the movie poster things it was like it, it just looked like exactly like the like the club like eldrazi titan monster movie posters like yeah and i know like there's the whole fan content policy and they owe nothing to these yeah. artists that have done this this kind of work because they're taking Wizards IP and making their own thing with it, which they're allowed to do, and they end up making profit directly yep. off of using Wizards IP and all that stuff. Um, but it must, must be frustrating, and I think it would be kind of cool to be like, yeah, well, yeah, this we did this because it looks exactly like this artist who's worked. Yeah, like, definitely. At least, like, credit them. Like, yeah. Yeah, like, Sheetwave stuff looks exactly like this, and she's been doing it for years. So, like, yeah. all the, uh, the flip ones she did for, like, Agadim's Awakening or whatever. They're just looking yeah, really like, incredible. They're so good. And these are clearly, like very very similar and I would be surprised if they weren't at least a bit informed at least the idea oh definitely just, definitely. just say that and be like this person's cool go check out this independent artist who needs to pay bills yeah you know? <laughs> we saw these floating around the internet and people seem to like them so here you go we've done more here's a license like, version and like yeah. you know you still get to make your money you still don't have to pay that person any money yeah and you just get to maybe direct people to a cool artist who it does cool work. I don't know. It's all very strange. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there are probably some sort of, some sort of silly legal issues somewhere. Yeah, like, probably. You know, like they can't look at like custom card designs and stuff. Like, you know, maybe there's something like that with, with art as well. Who knows? Who knows? But it would just be nice to see them give something back. Yeah, I mean, Megan herself went into the whole like legal thing and why it's, it's yeah. okay to do certain things and definitely not okay to do certain other things. Oh yeah, I just mean from the terms of like. Wizards of the Coast, like as as in their company, and oh yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm there sure. will be certain things that they they can and cannot do, yeah. like stuff like like you know the secondary market, like they can acknowledge a market exists, but they cannot legally acknowledge individual prices of individual cards. Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, I, was, I just meant like even though they all know what they are, like, she'll be acutely yeah. aware of all these things as well. But it doesn't make any less frustrating. Yeah. Um, yeah, and definitely. to be fair, I'd probably be more likely to just give her money to. Yeah. Get something like that, then the wizard sending me a thing that's, uh, I think, less good than the stuff she's doing. But they look cool. They I mean, look yeah, I'm to sure be honest, to be honest. I always feel yeah, weird about the basic land ones. It's like they're so expensive just to get an amount of basic lands. Yeah, that, that's it. Like I really, I usually really like the basic lands that are in them. I just, yeah, I wish you got more. Like, even just like four of each would be cool. Yeah, I, don't know. I think they could. They could easily do that. Yeah. And, or you could do like a mix and match one where you're like, instead of buying a, one of each, you buy five planes or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that, definitely. Yeah, I would do that and just buy like 20 islands. Like, yeah. yeah, you buy, you buy your five islands, your, your five 
forests or whatever, and that's what you've yeah, need. You don't need you to need. buy. Yeah. You don't. <laughs> you don't need to buy five sets of it to <laughs> have the lines you want. But they look cool. Yeah. And I'm sure lots of people will be happy to own those. So totally. Let's get to it then. They finally did it. They finally did it. The last offering in the uh, the secret versary secret layer drop is uh, Heads I Win, Tails You Lose. It is a secret layer commander deck. Yeah, I think it's yeah cool. It's cool as hell. A hundred dollars or a hundred pounds if you if you're in the UK. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a Zindersplit and Oaken um, partner commander deck based around coin flipping. It's actually one of Gavin Verhey's commander decks, but they've given some of the cards new treatments some of them are double sided with new art on both sides of the cards and they didn't and include Scalding Tarn or any of the swords obviously for the money yeah or Black and Volcanic <laughs> Island or like <laughs> yeah all the good cards in the deck but yeah you got yeah. like an alternate art foiled Croc's thumb and stuff that's cool that yeah it's, cool. it's one of those things where like it's expensive because it's a hundred it's a hundred dollars it's a hundred pounds but at the same time, like, the 100 cards are like a pound each or a dollar each. When some of these cards are, like, you know, genuinely good. Genuinely good. Very yeah. Seems very, very playable out of the box. Like, you've got stuff like Gambles in there. Like, you know, Gamble for a pound, that's cool. Yeah, that card's been, like, £12, £13 recently, so... Yeah. I'm very happy Locus with Gods in there. Yeah. You've got the two commanders with their unique art. Doretti, Rolzara. Propaganda. Yeah. Like Crocs Thumbs, like literally Commander's Blade. Yeah, that's true. Crocs Thumbs in there as well. It's so good. It's a great product. Even just like Sol Ring. Yeah. It is. It's Yeah, it is a very good product. My main problem with this is that I think it, they have a history of doing a really cool product and then never doing it again. And I hope yeah. this isn't the only one. I hope they keep doing it. Like they find other Watsy employees with. Uh, I mean, it makes sense to start with Gavin, right? Because he is like the reason that yeah, the yeah. is so good. Also popular, I should say, <laughs> in my opinion. Um. But like he's the guy, right? He's the commander guy that's on all the products and all the casual products and loves the game more than any person I've ever seen love the game. Yeah. Uh, it's really cool to see his deck. Well, a version of his deck, like immortalized in a natural product. But I hope to do it yeah. again. Like find other people who work for what's he like. I don't know. Do one of David McDarby's decks. I'm sure he's got some cool commander decks you could turn into a product and like continually do this and people can buy and it feels less bad. Like sure, like a hundred dollars, hundred pounds is a lot of money to be spending, but you're spending way more than that on a good commander deck these days yeah definitely definitely so just buying with like cool arts and stuff um just straight up buying a deck um it's, it seems really cool outside of all the hub you know fucking over BLGS's by doing secret layers but I digress <laughs> it's, yeah uh, it's yeah <laughs> there is that I mean yeah I don't know, really know how I, I feel about that with this because I feel like your average like commander precon buyer at your LGS is going to buy a commander precon for like thirty quid or whatever. They're not going to. They're not the kind of person that's going to splash out a hundred pounds on a precon, right? Yeah, I mean we we struggle to sell all the EDH decks for most sets anyway. Yeah. Because there are like fifteen pre-constructed commander decks a year now. Yeah. And before it was five, and people would buy the one they wanted for the year, and then next year they would buy another. And now it's are you going to buy one every two months? <laughs> no, probably not. Um, but yeah, like yeah, it's a, it's a it's the thing that's worked with secret layers is like it's so specific and it is print to demand, right? At this yeah. point, yeah, that um, that this model works and wouldn't work with an LGS, but I kind of wish the LGS still had like an FDV style products that they could at least have for free to yeah. make to just print money for LGSs, basically, 
would still be nice. But yeah, it's, it's a cool product, and I'm, I'm, uh, I don't hate it, which is high praise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. No, it's 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 cool. I I mean, it is what it is. It was it was obvious they were going to do this at some point, and I assume this is going to be a massive success, and they'll do it again in the future. I do hope they do this one again. This is a, a really yeah. cool idea. I mean, that's great as well. And it's, ultimate art stuff. Yeah, it, it's using Secret Lair for for what it was kind of meant to be as well. Like not just like a way to you know, pseudo sell singles to the market direct, but also a way to sort of product test things by selling them to a, to an audience and. Yeah, this is cool. This is definitely cool. Um, I assume the uh, the awful quality control that we've seen across all secret layers will probably come into play here as well, and somebody will open up a ridiculously misprinted one and make a ton of money. So yeah, precons could a be a reasonable mine. thing to gamble on. Yeah, yeah precons are a goldmine for misprints because you have the whole thing misprinted, and if that's yeah. a secret layer with like actual money cards and like cool treatments, then there'd be slightly more. <laughs> it's fun when the uh, the thing we're excited about is misprints. Isn't it? Yeah, I was about to say, speaking of misprints, I guess we should probably cover that as well. It's the uh, obviously it's the the latest wave of, of secret layers to, uh, to hit people's hands finally after <laughs> they were they were available for pre-order in May, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, finally, just been released in October, November. Uh, we we saw a very very strange card being opened. Uh, yeah. it was a Bicera seer. It was printed backwards, but there was a a number on that card. It was numbered out of a hundred. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. really cool. That whole like twenty four hour period where that image was just posted and there was like no more information was so cool. Yeah, people trying to yeah, it, like it's like looking at and then just finding something out that hasn't been explicitly told to you by uh, what's is really cool. People trying to work out whether yeah. out of a hundred was just there were a hundred different cards that have this treatment and these are actually really common. Whether it was just a hundred visceruses, which makes them extremely rare, uh, turns out it was that one. Um, but they're trying to work out what the hell it was and like why it was a backwards card, whether this was on purpose, whether it was a misprint, what was going yeah, on. Yeah, it, it was super super cool. You said I think the, the first, I guess, couple of hours. So we saw the first image. We're like, right, what is this? And then yeah, Ben Blywise from from Star City Games compiled a really good sort of thread on Twitter with all of the information that they knew at that point, and then. A bunch of data and estimates and guesstimates and, and and what you know what the potentials could be, uh, and 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 I mean at this point was that the coast still have not said anything about it, and the only things that we do know are stuff that's correct corroborate. Try that one again. Corroborated by the uh, the misprint community, which is super cool. Uh, I've been keeping a good close eye on it myself, and so far I think we've had eleven of them that have been opened, including the most important the, one. Yeah, the most important one is number sixty nine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that one has not gone up for sale. The first one sold for for five thousand dollars, and then the rest of them, well, most of the rest of them have been auctioned off. Some of them have been sent off for, for grading. Uh, I think there are three in auction currently um, at about twenty five hundred dollars each. So the price did drop, kind of rapidly as soon as you know more of them sort of hit the market. We figured right, it's not, you know, it's been intentionally printed backwards and. And it, it is just going to be Viserys here. But yeah, it's really cool. It's, we, we still don't know anything. Like nothing sort of confirmed by like by Wizards of the Coast about them. All we all we know is that they so far have only appeared in uh, foil and non-foil Phyrexian Praetor secret layers that were opened in America. That's all we know at this point. Yeah, I think I think it's fair to assume at this point that they're an American exclusive. Um, yeah, 
mainly because it would be I, hard I, to like print a numbered product between the uh, the EU printing place and the state yeah states. definitely that's it I, th- I think it is it's fair to assume that it's only going to be in the ones that are opened in America and it it probably is only in the uh, the Phyrexian secret layers as well yeah it's really cool I really want one it's but I uh, really get one, so. <laughs> yeah same definitely definitely I actually play this Rasir in a commander deck as well so I do feel that this is definitely the start of something though I think this was clearly you know like I said for Secret Lair is, is the place where they can they can do market tests and they can do market research while they're releasing these products that includes these things like special card treatments like numbered cards like this like this is clearly a test and I think the test has gone incredibly well uh, I think this is just the first in what will probably be a long run of, of numbered cards and more sort of exclusive collectible stuff like like you see in the sport, sports world sports card world which we sort of guessed that that would be what they would be doing so once they announced like collector boosters and stuff like modern horizons having like so many different like products and so many different variations of cards across loads of products it kind of just felt like right we're finally gonna really hit that saturation point where we have these like super unique rare sort of chase cards like numbered cards and barcoded cards so it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the future but I, I definitely think we're going to see more of these like super super low limited run cards yeah definitely I mean they're really cool this is a cool idea and it still looks like a magic yeah. card it's just kind of a fun spin on it I guess yeah definitely uh, but yeah the, the number 69 one is probably going to be worth the most if it ever goes for sale <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I feel like like number, number one, number one hundred, number sixty nine are definitely the, the big three. Um, but I, I also, I also do, think that that first one that was sold, uh, is probably gonna. Yeah, the first one. Which is <sighs> yeah, I think seventy seven. I think it was. Yeah, I think that's probably gonna retain a, a reasonable value given that it was. <laughs> yeah. It was five five thousand dollars for the buyout price on that, but we didn't know what it was. <laughs> yeah. But that was the first one opened and the first to market, so we have that information at least. Yeah, but it's, it's always going to have that history. But it's just a it's just a viscera surgery. Right? It's just a foil viscera sale. It'll just be the same yeah. price as other foil viscera sales, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've seen some uh, Do you want me to, some awful takes. Am I allowed to just rant about Saren for like five minutes? Yeah, of course you can. Of course you can. It's been a while. We've got so much to talk about. It's good. It feels good. Right, the fucking right, the Alucard Saren, right? Yeah. <laughs> the one that yeah. was with the, the 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 picture on it that was illustrated by the person who literally designed the way that Alucard from uh, Castlevania looks. Right, that yeah. one. The one that there is. I mean, anecdotal, but evidence that it's uh, it took fifteen thousand collector boxes. Was it? Yeah, uh, fifteen hundred collector boxes, boxes yeah. to open two, yeah. which is fifty thousand pounds worth of sealed product to open two foil ones, right? So they were uh, initially selling for five hundred euros ish. That was the, the price they were listed at, and there were some sales at that price. And then everyone who, uh, if anyone was like, no, it'll go down. It was like, well, this isn't the price of regular foil mythics. This isn't how, how much foil mythics are worth? Who's paying five hundred euros for a, for a foil mythic from a standard set? That's ridiculous. Um, how are on the pie list yeah um, exactly <laughs> and that, that's not in any way a reasonable thing to think because there are so many points for this but yeah. uh, first of all it's a collector's item it's it's a, it's Alucard well it's not it's Sorin that looks very much like Alucard um, from Castlevania it's yeah that's it. it it's it's unique 
art from the you know, the artist for Castlevania. Like Castlevania has a has a massive rabid fan base, um, mostly you know localized within within sort of Southeast Asia, like Japan, China, Korea. Definitely um, is where the bulk of that fan base lies. But Castlevania fans just just have to have everything Castlevania. Um yep. Yeah. It's it's very, very similar to you know, what we saw with the Amano Liliana. Yeah, that like, was that's the, that's here's, the comparison that you draw, right? Because yeah, most here's of the... an iconic artist that has a following outside of the game yeah. that has a unique piece of art that is only available if you purchase this this game piece. Like, yeah. yeah. And foil versions like of this it are gonna are go extremely for that. rare. So yeah. there are a bunch of people that I was arguing with on Facebook um that don't seem to understand why this would be worth money when other foil mythics aren't worth as much. If something yes. is listed, if you don't know something about a specific product, and something is listed for an absurd price like $500, assume that it's not going to behave like any other thing you've seen before. Yeah. Assume that that is not just like opening <laughs> a regular Sorin in foils. Just assume that, because no one's listing stuff at $500 hoping to sell it because they just pulled a price out of their fucking ass. This is the thing I don't understand with people that like don't really understand magic finance. They think, oh, people just make up prices and people pay them because they're stupid. I'm like, no, the price yeah. on this is it's for a reason. Most prices of magic cards are because they're either scarce or very good. Sorin is extre- This version of Sorin is extremely scarce, from what we know so far. The bulk of the product was opened uh, for this set, so the singles hit the market, like 95% of them I'm willing to bet, before the actual set was released because that's how magic works now is yeah. stores retailers open thousands of boxes hundreds of thousands of boxes uh, and put them up for pre-order and put them up for sale before you buy your one box of amazon right um so the most of the stock has been opened so most of those sorens probably opened before the set was even released so we have yeah so haruri haruri are the biggest magic store in japan sold four they sold four of them on their on their website and then they were sold out. Yeah, that they only had four. They Harrow had four Rio, for pre-sale. Who sold them out at seven hundred thousand yen? Yeah, like who? Who for generally most mythics in a set have like at least two hundred listed. Yeah, most foil mythics have at least fifty listed. Like this is just such a minuscule number of these have been opened. And the people are like, oh, well, the price is coming down because there are some cheaper listings on card market. Well, first of all, those aren't sold listings; they're just people opening them. Also, that's just people who happen to have opened them because if there's a chance you can open these stupid cards, like with Expeditions or any of the Masterpiece series, there's a chance random person can open this thing and they go, yeah. oh shit, this is worth five hundred euros. I'm going to put list this for one hundred and fifty euros and pay my rent, right? Yeah. They're just going to move the card because it's worth loads of money. They don't care about getting the full value from it. They're just like, expensive thing, get it out of my hands, and I will get some money in return. And then someone gets a cheap copy of the card. That happened with the, the same with Liliana, because the Liliana didn't start out cheap, but it went down. There was a dip in the market. It was it was a, a very sought-after, very rare item that went down in the exact same way that this Sorin has gone down, and then it went yeah. back up, and now foil copies are listed on card market between two and three thousand euros. Yeah. That wasn't the price <laughs> at the time. And this is, I, I don't want to say exactly the same, but pretty much exactly the same with the Sorin, right? Because it's yeah, it's similar. I think the 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 fan base, the the global fan base for Castlevania, in terms of like avid collectors, is is smaller than Final Fantasy for sure. But yeah, that fan base exists there definitely, definitely. Yeah, it, this this is the this is the thing I think people are just refusing to acknowledge I mean I don't mean to like I think, I, yeah I don't even know if people are refusing to acknowledge I think people just people just don't know and are acting incredibly ignorant because yeah. it's not something that they've that they're aware of I think the like, thing that's frustrating is that I don't have any pull um, so when I <laughs> when I say 
this is the one thing I know things about. I seem like an yeah. arrogant asshole. And I'm like, no, no, I'm right. I look like an arrogant asshole. I don't blame people for disagreeing with me, arguing with me, and not believing me. That's totally fine. But it's still frustrating for me. But like, really? yeah. this is, I mean, this kind of thing is literally my full-time job. And I've paid attention in the past, so I kind of know what's going on. You can follow this almost exactly as the Liliana. Sure, it's not going to be as much, because, it, like I said, Final Fantasy is far more beloved worldwide than... Than Castlevania, yeah. but there's still a massive. And like Amano just doesn't do art ever. Exactly, like. yeah. Um, and it's it's going to follow the same thing. No one's suggesting that 500 euros is a reasonable price to pay for a foil mythic from a set. Sorin's fine. It's not particularly. The, it's not the best card in standard. It's not going to define the format. But yeah, it's still no. a Sorin, which is cool. It's still a it's still a, a, a cool card generally because you know, Sorins are cool. It's a relatively playable card in some kind of format. Um, it's art by literally the woman who designed. Alucard that this art is based on. It's literally an illustration by her, and they're extremely fucking rare based on data that we've seen. Yeah. Someone had to open £50,000 worth of sealed products to open two in foil. That's why the price is so high. If you Six months' time, this card will be €500 Euros or more. Yeah, it's not I mean close. it's already back up to like over 200 Of course so. it is. <laughs> it's not, it's not going to go down from here. There's no, there's no chance it goes down from here. Um, yeah. It goes down momentarily while people move the, the products, that, the, the ones that they've opened, because they literally want money to spend on other things that aren't just this stupidly expensive Sorin. And it's a collector's yeah, item. Definitely. It's not a magic card anymore. It's a collector's item. Yeah. People who, are, most and of the people who are buying foil Japanese old art war of the Spark Lilianas aren't buying them to play in their commander decks. Yeah. They're buying them to, <laughs> to slab them and sell them for fifty grand in twenty years' time. Yeah. As 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 an investment or as a collectible, it's because they love that art. Um, yeah. It's not the same thing. Oh, it doesn't follow the trend. Well, it's, it's, yeah, it's because it at that point it is literally just a bit of art. And like you yeah. look at like look at the art world and like how much money's there compared to magic, yeah. and it's like yeah, it's just, this is just just a, just a micro version of that. Yeah, this is a different market. This is a different kettle of fish. This is not for you. This is not the the magic market that you're used to. Um, it's a completely different product. And yeah. And I can only assume that we'll see an exact repeat of this when we we do Kamigawa Neon Dynasty yeah, as well. Sure. Like, and they get like you know Hadakiano or Masumichiro out and like do a bit of art in the set, and then you'll have loads of people going, "Oh, this isn't worth loads of money." And yeah. then you know I'll be snapping up as many as I can. Yeah, like, my problem with this is that we said this about Liliana. Uh, yeah, Lenny and I dreadful German and more of the spark, and we're like, yep, yeah, this is this is going to be it, it's absurd amounts of money forever, more money than you should ever spend on a magic card forever because it's not a magic card anymore; it's a piece of art. And everyone went, yeah. oh yeah, whatever, that's that's not true; it'll be inexpensive. And then all those people forgot about those interactions. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah. uh, what, three years on, two years on, uh, exactly the same thing happens, and I go, oh, remember that time that that happened? And you all went, yeah, sure. Uh, it's happening exactly the same again. They're like, no, 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 people are just choosing to pay five hundred euros for a, for a foil mythic because they're an idiot. No one's spending 500 yeah. euros on this because they don't understand magic finance or what magic cards are. They're buying it because they know exactly what it is and they know exactly how much money it's going to be worth. People who buy things know what they're buying most of the time if it's this amount of money. Yeah. It's not people aren't yeah. just buying this like on PayPal credit, being like, oh, I just want this card. Like, it's just it's a it's a extreme investment and a collectible to these people that they will love and cherish forever, or sell in five years' time for optimal money. Yeah, it's just it's been it's been annoying me so much. People are like, oh, why is the the Viscerus here? Why did it sell five thousand dollars? Because loads of reasons. Shut up, you don't care. 
you're just <laughs> yeah, like, here's like a like a twelve tweet yeah. long thread about why it's sold for five thousand. But it's just a foil comment. Yeah, whatever. It doesn't matter. You, like it's like looking at a Ferrari and going, it's just a car. Sure, it's just a car. To me, it's yeah. just a car. I would never spend that much money on a car. But if I really wanted an expensive sports car that had a lot of status and was, you know, it, it, there are loads of things. <laughs> there are lots of cheaper versions of things that people spend lots of money on. Just ignore it and move on. Like, Stop lying yeah. on the internet. You don't know what you're talking like, about. It's fine. Pixel pictures of monkeys. Yeah, exactly. It, <laughs> everything is ridiculous. Capitalism yeah. is a joke. And this is the world we live in. You don't need to know everything about everything. It doesn't matter. Because just a bunch of people replying to me like, oh, well, I reckon it'll go down. I think that this price is too high. It's like, well, I know that this price is correct and that it will hold forever. And this is just the price of this card. Based yeah. on previous information and the fact this is literally my full-time job. Yeah, and some guy was like, "I've got a really big collection." I was like, "I don't care. <laughs> Do you have a really yeah. big collection?" Oh, of I hate that so much. Like, <laughs> I own lots of jewel lines. Great, cool. I've paid like, attention. Yeah. <laughs> That's different. Yeah. It's just very frustrating. Um, yeah, no, I fully, I fully, fully get that. And, uh, so I feel like it's one of those really frustrating things as well, where like, it's it's very difficult to have conversations about specific like things in magic like that with people that you've never really interacted with before and have a completely different yeah. like frame of reference so like you know somebody had a go at me for saying that this card was rare and I was like well like yeah in the terms of like every card that exists ever they're like okay no it's not that rare it's not as rare as one of the 100 viceros here it's not as rare as one of the six robot chicken cards in existence it's mm. you know it's not splendid genesis yep. they're rare cards yeah. but in terms of like foil or, or mythics in a standard set this is pretty rare oh and here's the data to back that up yeah it's the thing is like, like every alt art mythic foil that isn't like an actual playable card like goldspan dragon or aaron's epiphany is worth basically nothing this isn't yeah. just different for some reason. It isn't different by yeah. accident. There aren't people paying hundreds of euros for this because they're a fucking moron. It's because of all this other data that backs <laughs> it up and proof that we have. And this is the thing as well. Like I kind of, it's very hard to articulate my my sentiment about it. It's very hard hard to talk about people who don't have um, an in depth knowledge of, of these kind of things. And it's very hard yeah. to discuss it without getting really fucking angry. Yeah. Um, so I mean, it's fine. Basically, my point is, trust me. Talk to me in six months' times. Six months' time, when it will be more than five hundred euros, and you'll go, yeah, whatever. I didn't even care anyway. And I'll go, I know, and I'll, my blood pressure will still be absurdly high. Yeah. <laughs> so I've lost. Yeah. You win because you don't actually care. You've just made some idiot on the internet angry, and that's me. <laughs> that's all that's happened. I'm just an idiot who's arguing about this far too much with people who don't care enough. Yeah. Who are just lying no, on the internet because there are no consequences anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. It's it's incredibly frustrating when like you you clearly do have a knowledge of the thing, like a specific knowledge of this specific thing and somebody doesn't. And yeah, I, I, I no, fully, fully yeah, understand. It's, it's like, like not... it's a similar thing happened with, with, with like me when I was, so I, I was looking at, I was looking at Pokemon cards like last year, like when it was all kicking off and stuff, obviously I was like, okay, going to pay a bit of attention to this and have a look at this and saw that. Oh, Chris Rush. Chris Rush has illustrated a single card for Pokemon. Oh, it's a Mewtwo. Oh, that's cool. Oh, here's a PSA 10 of this on eBay for like £80. Oh, I'll, I'll buy that. That seems like a really good price. And then I bought that and now they're like £600 because it's the only Mewtwo that Chris Rush illustrated for Pokemon. But Joe, it's just like, an, old, an old Pokemon card that you can't play anymore. It's just a Mewtwo. It's just a Mewtwo. Mewtwo's. Like... It's just a Mewtwo. It's just a Charizard. <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah, it's a first edition shiny one. Like, shut up. It doesn't like. <laughs> don't know what you're talking about. And that's fine. And this thing, like, I, I, I feel I know I get on my high horse about these things all the time, but this is the one thing I know, so let me have it. Yeah. Please, I don't do this about basically anything else. I don't know more than most people about any other topic <laughs> apart from magic finance. Like, this is the one thing. Let me have it. Let me be an arrogant asshole once. You know, a week. <laughs> Once a week yeah. is what I meant to say. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I pay attention to this stuff because it's my full-time job and it's been a very like big hobby of mine for like at least the last five years. So I have more general information than someone who owns a load of jewel lands. Yeah. I've got loads of money. Cool, I've got lots of info. It's different, I've got data. Yeah. <laughs> I have no money, but I know things. <laughs> anyway, that was my, well, that was I my thing. I have 200, 200 jewel lands because I've been playing since 1993. Like, yeah, cool. cool. I'm sure I would have had as well. Come on, I've got... Three jewel lands. I and couldn't speak in 1993. Like. Yeah, it's, it's fine. I've got three jewel lands and friends. It's it, it's different. I understand. Um, but yeah, trust me. That's all I'll say. You can cut all that joke if you want and just say trust me because it will be. And you know, I haven't had to convince you because yeah. you're also a person that pays attention to this stuff. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it will be worth loads of money in six months or a year's time. Yeah, and it's fine. Will. Exactly the same thing's going to happen when Kamigawa comes out. Yeah, if I had this time, I'll, had... Probably just, I'll probably just take advantage of it this time because it'll be an artist that I really like, probably. Yeah, like if I had I 200 quid at this point, if I had 200 quid burning on my pocket, I'd probably buy an Alucard Siren and just sit on it for six months and then buy a Jewel Land with the money I make. Yeah, that's like, if I cared enough, I would just buy most of the copies on Magic Card Market and buy list them to stores in Japan and make money. Mm-hmm. Like, but I'm not going to because that's I, a lot of effort. Yeah, yeah. And it's the thing as well with like Magic Finance. Just like, if anyone was going to do it, we'd probably do it, and I don't bother because it's too much hassle. No, it's too lazy. It's just, yeah. it's just a lot. <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot of work. And like, I could like just buy specs and things I know are going to go up in money in, in value, or I could just not have to pay attention and not feel bad when I miss the bubble. You know, yeah. <laughs> that's mainly yeah. what it is. But anyway, yeah, that was my yeah. my rant, and I've eaten up most of the episode. We haven't even got to our main topic yet, so I'm sorry. No, that's totally, totally fine. Like, like I said, there, there's a lot to talk about this week. It's been a, it's been a week or two, and it just happens in Magic, doesn't it? It's like we might have like a little lull where not a lot happens, and then when stuff happens, it all happens at once. But yeah, I think we just got about time to talk about the top eight of Vegas because it was sweet. the The main event of Vegas yeah. was modern, uh, and this top eight was fantastic. We had a whole bunch of different decks. It was seven different decks in the top eight. Uh, so we had Rakdos mid-range, we had Indomitable Creativity, we had Jund mid-range, or Zuma Jund, uh, we had Infect, uh, Hardened Scales, two copies of Omnilent Titan, and a four-color control Omnath deck. Yeah, so it's it's seven distinct decks. I think yeah. a lot of them are very similar to each other, <laughs> and fill similar parts, like they, they both fit similar parts of the uh, of the modern meta game so like your yeah. Rakdos mid-range is very very similar to your Zuma Jund right yeah. one of them's playing Tarmogoyf one of them isn't and they're effectively very similar decks I guess <laughs> one of them is correct <laughs> yeah exactly the four color creativity deck is a, a red and six Teferi deck and the other one yeah. is doing that but also has Omnath um, instead of the, the creativity I mean Dwarven Mind topping a modern event is great I, I will never get over that. Yeah. Um, I mean, well, create, creativity is a combo deck. Yeah, but it's like it's also got your Teferis and your Renesics that can grind like hell if you need them to. Yeah. Um, in fact, I'm mad to see that. Uh, yeah, I'd love to see yeah. it. I hate that deck. I hate that deck so much, but it's great. Yeah, it was my, yeah, my favourite modern deck for many years. Um, 
but it's cool to see like a, a Sultai version, which uh, I was playing in about 2016 when it was yeah. definitely bad. Um, but it looks like they're just trying to hedge against Chalice a little bit because Chalice is a very yeah. good card because Ragavan. Um, and so they're playing Blighted Agent and Phyrexian Crusader uh, just as, as threats that can stick on the board and actually resolve if there's a Chalice in play. Their sideboard's well equipped for graveyard nonsense and artifact nonsense. With uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like the seven four each. noble high rock for noble high rock. So like, yeah, it's great. You know, five color infect if you want to. Yeah, exactly. Um, and just taking advantage of those things, and then yeah, the, the sideboard is seven graveyard hate cards, seven artifact yeah. and enchantment graveyard artifact and enchantment hate cards, and Anissa. Yeah, great. Perfect. Yes, that Nissa. Love that Nissa card so much. But the the sideboard is fantastic. I think, I think this is somebody who clearly loves Infect. They clearly know this deck very well and have meta gamed incredibly well. They came prepared for the weekend and good on them. Good on them. Like fantastic results. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you've got hardened scales. Yeah. The, 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 the saga. Good card. Who knew? Um, yeah. There's a saga. Bunch of artifacts. Yeah. It's pretty pretty good. Hardened scales. Zabaz seeing some play. Love that. Big fan of that card. Uh, and then Yarmulite Titan is Yarmulite Titan. It yeah. fell off for a bit there. I didn't see a lot of people playing Yarmulite Titan. Uh, and turns out Khan, the great creator, st- uh, still a powerful magic card. Uh, yeah. And putting, I guess, Durza Saga to find your amulet is just good enough, especially when it pumps out threats that go along with your Khan. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's Amulet Titan. Every time we think we've killed Amulet Titan, it comes back with a vengeance. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like some similar. I quite like the I quite like the one that's playing Golos in the sideboard. Like that's pretty cool. <laughs> you gotta pay Golos somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> it can't be your commander anymore. Uh, but yeah, like some similar decks, like kind of piles of combo or extremely low to the ground aggro decks. It's basically yeah. what the I mean, is right now. But there are different flavors. I, mean, I think that's cool. Yeah, Golos does seem like really good in that deck as well because like you just go get Valakut or go get like a Bajuka Bog. Like yeah, it was yeah. it was um, I won't say stuck. It does a lot of work. But it was, it was cool. seeing a lot of play when it first got printed as just like yeah. a sec like a a fifth copy of Primeval Titan that could go and get something that was pretty good, and then you could activate it if you really wanted to. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, Combo decks, loads of the ground, dagger decks, <laughs> mainly with Lurus. <laughs> uh, it seems to be what's happening in modern at the moment but it's it's it, I mean, it's cool to see like an actual big paper tournament like the results from it yeah definitely else. I really wish there was like proper coverage I miss coverage so much between like yeah. seeing this on Twitter and seeing SCG kind of a couple of weeks ago on Twitter I'm just so ready to watch coverage again and go to a big magic tournament yeah I, I want to I think Vegas looked amazing like I definitely wish I could have been there to be honest yeah I'm not sure how well uh how well masks would be enforced in the UK currently. Yeah. <laughs> I think, you know, you look to the States and all the, you know, that's kind of the, the breeding ground of weird conspiracy theory people who hate masks and vaccines, but the UK just seems to have forgotten COVID or thing. Yeah. Um, I'm routinely... Yeah, the thing we just don't care anymore. Yeah. Here. Like... Routinely only about 20, 10% of people wearing masks in crowded spaces anyway. Um, and magic players. It's, it's, it's mad, like, seeing on... Seeing photos on Twitter of like thousands of people wearing masks for like a whole weekend, and yeah. I can't get people to the thirty people to wear a mask for the length of an F and M. It's uh, it's trying, um, but I uh, I think uh, Scott Cullen brought up a good point on Twitter that there are no big magic events scheduled after this. This was the yeah. one, 
this is what you get, and we wouldn't wouldn't be surprised if uh, this is the last one till Vegas twenty twenty two. Quite possibly, yeah. yeah, quite possibly. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, yeah, like Wizard of the Coast aren't announcing anything soon. I mean, you know, maybe they'll 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 take a look at this and take a look at uh, sort of the fallout from it and just see like. You know, was this a is a super spreader event or was this handled well? If it was, then okay, maybe maybe we'll think about doing some events. But yeah, they all seem to be very very quiet over at Wizards of the Coast in terms of yeah. bringing back large events like this. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I don't blame them, and I think it's it's only sensible to yeah, wait yeah, to same. see what the fallout from this is. But I think if I was um, a, a, an event this big for for Magic the Gathering, I'd probably just be weeping the whole time. Yeah, <laughs> I, have, I have missed it so much. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm I'm happy to wait for as long as possible. I mean, the brainworms might be starting to slip in, where I'm like, yeah, I'd get COVID to go to that. That's probably not the <laughs> frame of mind I should be in, but it's probably true at this point because <laughs> big magic events are they're just the best, right? The best weekends I've I've had in my life. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's usually not because of the magic, though. No, it's, yeah, it's because I get to do daft shit with you, mostly. Yeah. <laughs> Eat an entire pack of tortilla wraps and hummus. Yeah. Just for no reason whatsoever. Kick in the door of an Airbnb. Yep. Yeah. And see extremely Good large tubs of Vaseline. Just dotted around the house. Good times. Good, great times. I'd, 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 uh, I'd probably go and stay in Lando's flat if I got to... <laughs> would you pray for a weekend at Lando's during a <laughs> pandemic to go to, <laughs> to, go to a, Jeep, probably, a large yeah. Magic the Gathering tournament honestly yeah, yes <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah I'm vaccinated I'll get my booster soon I wear a mask the whole time I can get tested you know yeah. there, there are risks wonder if, uh, wonder if Lambo is vaccinated <laughs> that man what a guy what uh, a guy what a time that was what, time, what a time what times I, yeah, I can't, I can't wait. I can't t- wait till things are better in the world and we can we can properly safely attend big events like this again. It's been it's been such a long time. Yeah, and it seems like I, I think it's worth reiterating. It seems like this was, I mean, obviously we weren't there, but it seems like this has been handled and run very very well and as yeah, safely so. as Hats possible. off to Channel Fireball. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, and it looks like everyone had a great time, and it seems like everyone was safe. Um, and I, I, my jealousy is incalculable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> same, same. <sighs> so I guess I guess we should probably mention that. Yeah, it was Rakdos Midrange that did win the event, which mm-hmm. I I think is great. Um, it looks very, very similar to the historic version of the deck, which is putting numbers up in historic. It's good. Um, but it's just nice to see that diverse top eight as well. It looks like a, like a diverse field from what we've seen in total. And it's it's cool. I feel like modern's in a really good place. Yeah. I feel like I kind of want to play modern, which feels very strange to say. Yeah, I mean, I think because we said for such a long time that we didn't really know what Wizards wanted modern to be, and yeah. I think with the advent of Modern Horizons two and the lack of bans since its release, um, we we kind of know vaguely what they're going for, which is yeah, extremely linear, low to the ground aggro and combo decks. And if yeah. that's what the format's going to be, and it manages to stabilise in that place, and there's not one massively dominant force, which we'd think from this, from this top eight at least, and from most you know leagues and stuff, um, there isn't like one dominant deck that's just destroying everyone. I mean, there's, yeah, there's no I like think... there's no blue red Merktide here, right? Which is yeah, surprising. No, yeah. um, 
but yeah, if that's what they want the format to be, and you can find your niche within that, there's a lot of fun stuff to be playing for sure. Yeah, I mean, you, you just look at like the like the Rakdos deck itself, and it's just like four Dragon Mage Channeler, four Ragavan, two Darkly Void Walker, three Turok Dread Cantor. Like they're all cards that are printed in Modern Horizons too. That's most of the creatures in the deck. The only creatures in the deck that weren't printed in Modern Horizons two are the three Croxer, like. <laughs> And that's that was printed recently so as well. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Fire design is it's, it's certainly a thing. But hey, look, if, if this is what they want modern to be, if they want modern to be this extremely powerful format where you you are rewarded for knowing your deck, it kind of almost feels like it's becoming what Legacy used to be. And I think I like that. I think I like that a lot. It's quite clear that they can't continue. Like, they can't support Legacy in the way that. It deserves to be supported because they won't shift on the reserve list. And if yeah, if they do just need to push all the formats back a step and turn modern into this this high powered format where you can just play whatever deck you want and you've got a whole range of choices, then then that's probably good. That's probably good. I think the thing that gets me like about it. this iteration of modern is it rewards the same skills I think as the the modern that I loved. It was just Yeah. Pick yeah. one of these decks that's better than the rest of them and learn it inside out, learn the metagame. And you can yeah. still turn up with your Infect deck, which no one is doing, and just read the meta and prepare accordingly and put up good results. And I think that's one yeah, thing which that is I, exactly what happened. Yeah, which is what I used to love about Modern. Just, okay, pick the pick the, the best deck in the room and learn it inside out, or pick your deck and meta game like hell. And that's yeah. what this top 8 seems to have proved. And I like that. Sure, it's lower to the ground. <laughs> the, the mana curve is about three mana lower than it was five years ago. Yeah. Um, but it seems to be in a similar place philosophy-wise, and I'm definitely okay with that. And I've been enjoying playing yeah. modern when I get the chance. Yeah. No, I think it's good. I think it's in a very, very good position. Um, yeah, just meta game is going to be one of the most important skills. I think trying to figure out how to predict the tournament, which weekends you should be packing your Chalice of the Voids and Leyline of the Voids. Uh, and yeah. which weekends you should be bringing your artifact and enchantment hate. Which was true before. Yeah. Which week is it? Is it rest in peace week? Is it Stone Sons week? That's yeah. been true since like in twenty twelve. You know, yeah. Um, and I like that. That's that's the modern I fell in love with. So it's just it's got a lot more it's sagas in it than before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe they'll unbind twin one day. Maybe the Lombard Twin. I, I think Twin's kind of embarrassing now. The only problem with Twin is is to yeah. is to Fairy Time Reveler. I think if you if you they finally pull the trigger on Fairy Time Reveler in Modern, then you probably get your Twin back. But until then, it's it's too much too miserable of a of a play pattern. Yeah, I mean, I really don't know. I really don't know because obviously, you know, you could play Jeskai Twin. Like the argument is, oh, you play Jeskai Twin, it's good there. But then also the opposite is true. Like to Fairy Time Reveler. Is very good against Twin. Mm-hmm. So, but then do you just yeah. the thing is like, do you want it to be a Teferi format again? And we've already I mean, seen it already is. Yeah, but it's not as as much as that where you play Teferi to beat Teferi, so everyone's yeah, playing Teferi. True. You don't want it to be a Jace Mind Sculptor standard format, right? Yeah, this is true. This is true. You play Jace to beat the Jace. <laughs> you play the Teferi to beat the Teferi. Doesn't I don't think that's where they want to be. Um, yeah. and yeah, I think you know the the, the Twin decks of of four years ago would be an embarrassment currently but they're not going to be yeah. they're going to have Cat Spell and Archmage's Charm and Teferi <laughs> Force and Negation and Force and Negation <laughs> and any number of other ridiculous things that the other decks have picked yeah. up since so probably not I'm it's sorry. just true <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't even know if I would play it, to be honest. Like, I mean, I probably would. I probably yeah, would. Yeah, you just love Spencer. I too probably much. would. I do, yeah. Yeah. Despite. I mean, I never played it at the time. But one day, <laughs> one day, maybe I'll get. Maybe I will actually get to play it. It's legal in Legacy, I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> and it's always legal in Q. To be fair, it's better. It's probably better than Ant. Like, <laughs> Ant's so awful currently. So, so Let's awful. Play Doomsday. Yeah, just, I should. Just, I really just should. Just suck it up and play Doomsday, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. No, I think I probably will. Uh, but I think that is all that we have time for this week. It's been really fun. It's been really nice to to be back talking about a whole host of things. I, yeah. I enjoy myself a lot this week. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, we've got to talk about Secret Lairs because that's just magic now. But like talking about an actual paper yeah. tournament and me getting to do a rant about something that no one else cares about and thinks I'm an asshole talking about. It's it's true HUFD. It's yeah, pure. <laughs> back, back in full swing. Fully enjoyed it. Come let us know how you feel. Social media, you can hit us up on Twitter. We are at HFDcast, facebook.com slash HFDcast. Or if you really enjoyed anything and would like to know when to buy those those a la carte specs, <laughs> hit us up on uh, Patreon. We are patreon.com slash out of devastation, where tiers start from as little as $1 per month. That's roughly 20 25 cents per episode. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by manalik.com, where you can go and use the promo code HFD5 to get 5% off your whole order. Oh, there's also some other sales on. Which includes getting five percent off when you spend fifty pounds and ten percent off when you spend a hundred pounds, and you can use promo code spend fifty or spend a hundred to get those numbers off your order as well. Nice. Yeah, seems pretty good. Uh, if you want to find me on my own personal social, uh, try that one again. What is wrong with me? If you want to find me on my own personal social media, on Twitter I am at Peach Garden Oaf. Facebook I'm Joe Loudon. I'm in pretty much any of the magic groups. I'm sure you'll see me about. Also stream on Twitch every Friday night. We do some Friday night magic. Uh, we do cube. We do a whole host of different things. Been playing some historic on arena with some uh, nice infinite combo, infinite mana deck. Good, good fun times. It's twitch.tv slash peachgardenoaf. Come hang out. You can find me on Twitter at Gene Sneeler. Nice. Yeah, cool. Yeah, that'll do. Uh, <laughs> and it's good when I have time off from work. I just tweet everything that comes into my head, and I have no other things to do, so I've never stopped. So my tweets are just I, they're, they're tweets I'm tweeting I'll tell you that much <laughs> it's been good it's been a good time <laughs> that is all we have time for this week once again we're approaching the second hour the Godfather has returned so we'll see you again next week on Hour Devastation <laughs>